Hello fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify, this is the 40 and 20 podcast with your hosts Everett and a very special guest, AJ Barset, co-host of the Bellingham podcast and creator of the Analog Explorer magazine. Here we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. AJ, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Man, I'm good. It's It's been a crazy week. I'm flying out, uh, flying out of Portland tomorrow down to Anaheim for a little Disneyland vacay and a meet up with the fam down there. So I've been crunching at work to get everything in and uh, make sure that the fires only smolder when I'm gone. Dude, that's, that's killer though, man. I mean, being able to get out of town and, you know, kick it with the family in the, the land of the wonderful dreams of Disney. That's awesome, man. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm pretty pumped about it, but I'll say, uh, when, when, if if I were to plan a Disneyland trip, the first thing I would do is I would look up slowest weekends of Disney or best times to go to Disneyland, because the difference between uh, a weekend that's a good weekend at Disney is forty five minutes in line, <laughs> versus the weekend before spring break is like an hour and a half in line. Ooh. I mean, it's just a tremendous difference. So I, I didn't have any role in planning this. My my wife. And her twin brother planned it, and I think that they are awesome for for making it happen and getting it going. But it's not for me. It's not the ideal time to go to Disneyland. Yeah, I, f- I feel you there, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's our wives, right? Like, and and unto them we follow. Uh, yeah, and, and and you know, this is, it's for the kids, and they're yeah. gonna have a blast no matter what. So it, it it's and I'm gonna have a blast no matter what because it's Disneyland and it's freaking fun no matter what. Yeah, but. And th- there's going to be a lot of damn people. And there's going to be a lot of a lot of damn people, but there is a watch hook there because Citizen is now the official timekeeper of Disney. I heard that. Yeah, I heard that. So what's the deal with that connection? Uh, I have no idea. I just heard it that it happened like this last year, and basically Citizen, like all the clocks, um, are now like powered by Citizen or something like that. I mean, full disclosure, like I've never been to Disneyland or Disney World, um, which makes my wife just totally go. Bah! what do you mean like i've never done it so i i don't know what it was like before but i just heard that you know in the watch fam side of things you know citizen disney powered by citizen well you you know i think it's too bad that you've never been to disneyland it's actually pretty fun you should get down there your 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 boy's getting yeah old enough that he's he's getting he's getting there where he's going to be in a good age to go yeah no it's it's we're planning it um probably in the, the not not too distant future which will be cool because you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be a kid again as well. You know, I'll be able to experience right. Disney. How old is your boy now? Uh, he's two and a half. Okay. So yeah, you've got a couple of years yeah. before he's really going to be able to get the most out of it. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to it. It'll be cool. It'll be cool also just to see him light up. Right. Like, you know, half the fun is like being at Disney. The other half is like, if you're a dad, you get to see them light up at Disney. Right. Like that's how I see it. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it, it's, it's about the kids and they just, uh, light up i guess that's the phrase you use and it's as good as any it's it's a blast yeah so this will be my this will be my kid's second time they're they're five and seven now they were you know four and five the last time we went and uh i'm I'm stoked to see the the next sort of iteration of how they consume it Hmm. right oh yeah well, any, anything, anything neat going on with you in in your life? Uh, just just like you, just work, 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 and more work. I've uh, I've got a couple of of projects that I've been working on, uh, client projects. So I've been doing a lot of uh, different photo shoots around town. Um, you know, I've I I, I also have a, a project that came across my desk, uh, watch related, which I think we'll talk about in a little bit. But you know, just 
keeping keeping tinkering and kind of keeping trying to I'm trying to go with the season, right? Like here in the Pacific Northwest, our winter has just been like brutal with a capital B. And then finally this last week spring got here. And so, you know, camera in hand, I'm trying to get out and about as much as I can. But, you know, trying to get in the vitamin D, kind of get the the happy, happy vibes and uh, kind of just keep moving forward. Right. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's uh, sometimes that, uh, you, you know, one foot in front of another is is all you can do. Right. You, you, you know that if you just keep biting, you know, taking bites of the elephant, it, it's going to get gone eventually. But yeah. Yeah, no, it's just, I just like you, man, like, um, you know, work, work is work. It's, you know, it's cool. Um, but no, like all the, all the fun stuff in my life is kind of like the side projects. Um, you know, Bellingham podcast, we're on a five part mini series for the watch fam. And, uh, actually I'll give, well, well so let's, let's talk about it. I mean, okay. this is a good time as any, I I'd like to talk you, know, I, I've, I've been keeping up, I've been keeping up with you, <laughs> um, at, you know, as you release those, those new episodes, you know, why don't you tell us what it is? Tell, yeah. tell. Um, yeah. So the so the Bellingham podcast typically we're a variety show. So um, it's our hook is uh, we bring you the news and views of the city of subdued excitement. And uh, myself and Chris Powell we run the show and we've been doing it for um, as you just reminded me before we lit the mics off. Uh, this is our third year, and uh, as such, once you've done you know over a hundred episodes, you start to kind of realize like, hey, we need to kind of branch out a little bit because as a creator right you want to do something a little bit different just so that your creative chops kind of keep being you know sharp and so i had this idea of doing a watch fam um series but i wanted to kind of do it a little bit different i didn't want it to be just a a normal you know episode where it's discussion or anything i kind of wanted to weave it into a kind of a theme and the theme is why watches um because if you talk to anybody in the watch fam that simple question sit down, grab a couple of pints or a cup of coffee, and you can talk for, well, we've been talking on, on the mic for at least 30 minutes. And, you know, we, you, we just have the gift of gab when that question gets brought up. We'll talk about our origin story. We'll talk about our fathers, our mothers, or whatever that led us into watches. And it's always different. And so I kind of wanted to capture that and put it into kind of our type of uh, routine because um, on our show, we... We kind of take a different track with most of our episodes um, because we're both a podcast and we're also over the air. We we broadcast two slots on our local KMRE 102.3 FM uh, here in Bellingham. Right. So no fuck word. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So like hearing that, I, like immediately I'm just like, ooh, shit, I can't say that. But wait, here I can. This is great. It's almost cathartic. And uh, I, I think it's hilarious that, that Chris... <laughs> Chris refuses to say shizn it. I know that's a long-standing joke. <laughs> um, he takes he takes rules very seriously, and it's like, dude, shizn it, shizn it is the word a eh? like that you can say that. And he won't. He refuses to. It's 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 endearing, but uh, <laughs> but no, man. Like we uh, so anyway, we we kind of came a, across this idea, and Chris, being a unicorn, he's a one watch guy. Um, he was just like, dude, like. I'm out like there's <laughs> I have one watch you modded it I'm out like there's there's not much more discussion that can come from it so I kind of ran with this different idea of inviting different people from the watch fam that I've either connected with or I've been following for a while and kind of bring them into different elements of that concept of why watches so we had Dan who's um, uh, part of the British military 
Um, that was the first episode. Second episode was and that's Dan. That's uh, what at Dan C twenty one C Y twenty one C Y. Yeah, that's right. And so you know those those of you who are listening may know him from. He was on I think Two Broke Watch Snobs. Yeah, yeah. No. Kind of early on talking to them about military watches, and yep. then uh, and then. You, you, you know, I'll say when we did our field watch episode, he reached out. I, I made kind of a big boo-boo Uh-oh. in the episode. And I can't remember what it was. I think <laughs> I'd referred to, well, I, I can't remember it now what the what the error was. But he, you know, he sent me a message on, on Instagram and basically talked me through the mistake I'd made. And it was really just a vernacular mistake. But it, it was it was pretty, pretty major. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he just talked us through and he's just got this really sort of generous soul when it comes to the the information he possesses and he has he possesses a so lot much information it's crazy and, and you know seeing him on instagram he looks like a pretty young dude yeah uh, and, and he sounds pretty young too i don't know how old he is but i can't imagine he's he's much older than than 26 27 yeah no he's no he is the goods um and yeah like he's He's avid in in the watch fam. He's he's active in military and military watches and stuff. And no, he's just an all around good guy. And so, and we've like like I said on that episode, like um, and a lot of us in the watch fam, like we we make these connections. And so often it's never like face to face or voice to voice. It's always like through DM or, you know. And so right. you know, like Dan and I, we've been talking on and off for I don't know probably a year or two, and. You know, and he's also like he's also chimed in on the show because we on our show we have like a voicemail box that you can leave messages or or stuff like that. So we've had him like on the show, but I've never actually talked to him until that 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 interview. And seriously, like it was just like we sat down, and even though we're you know, yeah, I think he he's GMT from us, so like you know the the time difference is eight hours. So we just both had a cup of tea and just had a conversation as if we were you know here in the Pacific Northwest talking about watches and stuff. And it was great. So we had that. Um, I had talked to Terry from Toxic Nados, um, and he's always the goods. Um, Eric from EA8 uh, for the EA, uh, EA Leather Goods, who does watch straps and any all things all things leather. And You know, that that guy is so freaking cool. One, one of the things you talked to him about is when you were modding. I, I can't remember what you were modding, um, but you, you were struggling with some internal movement part that had slipped out yeah. as, you, as you were making a move. And he reached out to you and was just super generous with his information. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've had that experience with him, too, you, you know, um, doing leather work. I'm sort of a, a on the side leather guy. I think kind of kind of probably more the way you do on the side leather work than the way he does on the side leather yeah, work. No, yeah. Um, but, you, you know, I make I make straps. I've, I've even sold a couple straps, but it's not something that I, I dedicate any any portion of my week to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you, you know, just having sort of little questions come up or whatever, he's he's such a great resource. He's just willing to talk about it. And, and you know, you would mention his story clips when he's making a strap. Yeah. He plugs those story clips in and it's like, gosh, darn, this guy has is providing such a service, you know, without any any you know request for compensation and he makes awesome straps he does he does i i just, chris and i both have them and they're they're killer like you look at it and you're like why why would you go anywhere else to buy a you know uh, something that was handcrafted uh made in america and like you know the dude that made it like if this was not imported from somewhere or anything like that like you know, you literally interfaced with the guy that created it for you and right. your watch. Like, right. 
you look at that and it's like for what he's charging you're just like holy hell like hell yes take my money like you know i just it's and he, yeah he's great you know and um well you know he's not i mean he really he's not charging enough it kind of broke my heart to hear him say he spent seven hours and then charges 65 bucks yeah. and, and i know it's a labor of love yeah. but it seems like there's a sustainability issue there yeah. um you, you, you know he at, at some point you either have to to gain some efficiencies or you, you have to figure out a way to charge a little bit more because because at some point you, you're gonna say gosh this isn't worth uh, th- this isn't worth the $8 an hour or whatever it is I'm billing today. And, and then it's not worth it tomorrow. And, and, you know, uh, I, I think that that that's, you know, it, it to each his own. And certainly I'm not judging him, but it, it seemed to me like that's a, a, little, a little worrisome. He's charging 65 bucks, which is a fantastic price for a strap, but those things are worth so much more. Yeah. You, you can't put a price tag on that. It just, it's, it's being appreciated for the work as opposed to just being paid for the work. And so that's my two cents. I'd admit that I do a podcast every week for free. <laughs> yeah, uh, same here. <laughs> you, you know, so I, it, the, the, the truth is we do that and we all have that sort of in us. Um, and so, you know, like I said, certainly no criticism no, Eric, no. on that point, but uh, it's it sort of, makes me sad to think that he's putting this work in and and being undercompensated but i I realize that that misses a huge portion of the of the point yeah well all all right you know i I think we had sort of talked about a theme for today's show uh and then i I messaged you earlier and said gosh i'm kind of waffling because you're doing so much cool stuff that i kind of want to talk about um but you know we're, we're actually pretty good on time and i think that if you'd be so inclined, we, we might talk a little bit about watch modding. Okay. Yeah, I would be so inclined. Uh, All right. So so I know you have done modding in the past, and I know you've written about modding. Yeah. Uh, you, you've you've made pieces for your co-host, uh, Chris, <laughs> and you, I think you've made a piece for your son, and, mm-hmm. I, and I assume you've made pieces for yourself as well. Yeah. Uh, Wait, I mean, what's the favorite, what's your favorite piece that you've ever modded for, for AJ? Uh, for, for, for me. Um, so I don't know, like for me, it's always, it's always about the, what I call the PNW 001, which is the original piece that, um, I'm, you know, I, I, I wear, but it's actually intended for my son when he's older. And I mean, it, obviously you have a, a copy of the analog explorer, so that you know a little bit of the backstory, but Basically, I have a signed <laughs> copy of the Analog you do. Explorer. AJ. Yes, you 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 did. You you've got a pre-ordered version. Um, <laughs> no, so the whole the whole story behind that was um, when basically when when my my wife announced to us that we were pregnant. Rewind maybe like a couple months earlier because she was kind of we we knew that we were going to start a family and stuff, and so we had the you know the talk that most couples have. And she asked me, you know, cause I've been into watches and stuff. And she always asked like, when, when would you want to get like a Swiss watch, a nice Swiss watch? And I go, you know, hon, I, you know, if we, if, if I became a dad or if I got like an Uber promotion or something like it would have to be monumental. I'd want it to represent something, not just be another watch. And she goes, oh, okay, cool, cool. So fast forward, um, Christmas time rolls around and we were about ready to take off on the road uh, kind of do the grand tour to the families, you know what I'm saying? And, um, she, uh, she wanted to open, wanted me to open up one of the presents early. And I was like, sure, whatever I'm packing. Right. I'm like, oh, I'm going to see the in-laws soon, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought she was ma- doing that to make me chip her up. Right. And, uh, so she, she handed me this envelope and I opened it up and it was a gift certificate for 
any Swiss watch of my choosing, in parentheses, as long as it's not the same cost as the mortgage. And I look at this, I go, yeah, I know, honey, eventually, whatever. And she goes, right, you know, when when would you want to pick one out? And I go, well, it'd have to be something monumental. Like if we, are we pregnant? <laughs> like, and she's like, yeah, we are. And I'm like, and so like, I, I'm like, what? Of course, right? I kind of lose my, right. I lose my shit, right? And so anyway, from there, like, of course, I started the hunt, right? And basically, I could have picked the anything. Hunt, we talk about the hunt on 40 and 20. Yeah. So the hunt, right? So I, I started diving into what I wanted. I looked everything from Seamaster to Speedmaster to Rolex to, because the sky was basically the limit. You know, it's the one, the one and only shot, right? And mm-hmm. I finally narrowed it down to what I, at the time, I thought was kind of a, a little bit more subdued brand, Frederic Constant. And uh, before they got acquired and um, they have this series called the the runabout editions where um, they're or the Riva edition where they um, they actually are the official timekeepers of the Riva society, which are the wooden Italian boats like uh, the Italian job, you know, the cool or the James Bond. Right. If they're in Venice, the, the wooden teak style uh, racing boats. Sure. And so I'm half Italian and I was like, there's the tie right there for me. And they have this edition called the moon. Uh, there was a, an edition that they did was a uh, moon phase. So the reference is an FC 330, which is the Frederic Constant 330 movement, which is an SW 200, which that'll be important here in a second, um, with a in-house made um, moon phase module they put over the top of it. So it's a modded movement. And I was like, dude, I like that concept. It's, you know, Swiss movement, base caliber, and then they do an in-house module over the top. Cool. Moon phase, even better. Pointer date, even better. And it's also water resistant, 100 meters, screw down crown, and it's a luxury watch. And it's more of a dress watch, but it it kind of spoke the both worlds that I thought I would be straddling as a dad, right? I need it to be robust, but, you know, stylish type of thing. And so I, I, I when I'm I'm looking at it now, it's yeah. I mean it's it's a, it's a stunning watch. I like the the numerals transition at nine o'clock. Uh, there's that outer sort of that inner um, that inner bezel or or that chapter ring with the numerals that switch. I mean it's just super duper classic. Yeah. So the yeah so it, it is it's super classic white dial with kind of a guiche um, um, effect on the top. So that's the FC three thirty and then RM for runabout moon phase. I, I, that's the other thing I liked about Frederic Constant. Like they're they're like some reference numbers just don't make sense, and theirs is just very logical. So it's like okay, you got the caliber, cool. You got what it is, RM, runabout moon phase, and then mine's the six B six, which is the because they only do it. It's limited edition. It's less than nineteen hundred pieces made, and I like that aspect as well because you know you're only a dad, you know your firstborn child once, right? So anyway, so I. I I had to hunt for it because it was discontinued. It had already been sold out. Of course, went on the gray market, found one, got it. Awesome. And as I'm wearing, I wore that thing everywhere. I wore it. Um, some of the hardest shoots, like I, I, there's a picture of me um, shooting a wedding on the top of a sailboat. And if you look, that watch is on my wrist. Like I've, I went everywhere with it. And so nine months later, obviously baby is about due and I started thinking to myself, you know, man, like I liked knowing my dad's watch. Like I lust after my dad's watch. Um, I won't probably ever get that watch until he dies. Like he has one watch. Um, and so like for me, like I thought the Frederic Constant would kind of be that. But I was like, you know, when he gets older, man, 
I'm going to be like my dad. I'm not going to give him my watch if I'm alive. I'm going to wear the crap out of it. And right. so that made me think like, I want to make a watch for my, my unborn son. And so that got me thinking, you know, I asked myself, self, how hard could it be to make a watch? The answer is it's really hard. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, right. So I, you know, got some books, did some reading and did some digging. And I really liked the SW200 or so I thought in my Frederic Constant. So I was like, well, cool. I should be able to find that movement. You know, um, I'm a professional technologist by day. So I'm, I'm used to sourcing parts and, you know, off the shelf parts and building any type of technology. And so I sourced an SW200 out of Switzerland, imported it in, cool. Um, found a case. I was, it was a kind of a Black Bay knockoff style case because I wanted to start with an homage so I could kind of figure out how things go together. So I could look at a picture and see what how one looks. And, you know, I figure I could get some hands, a dial, slap it all together, and boom, it'll tick and work, right? Wrong. <laughs> you learn quickly about like, oh, hands actually have like... Um, the size of hand for the hole is specific to a movement, the actual indexing, how long it is like hands come in different lengths and right. And if you get too short of hands on there, it sticks out and everybody on Reddit says, Oh, the hands are too, too short. short. Right. So like I'm, I'm learning all of this thing. And meanwhile, baby is almost due. Right. So sure. I get it all put together and um, I got it on wrist and worked with a local leather maker because um, I wanted to even make the leather strap. I was going to go all out like this is a watch I made. Right. And get it on wrist and it worked. It didn't work great. It was out of regulation. Like I it needed a lot of love later, but I, I had it on wrist and literally dude, like that prototype. And I mean, it as a prototype, like it worked, it functioned, it was on wrist. Um, my wife never knew what a diving bezel would be ever good for in the real world. And now she sings a completely different tune to any dive watch. Um, she loves anything with a bezel because it timed her contractions. And that thing basically saved her a lot of mental agony because I literally can go, okay, like, you know, you only got a couple more seconds and then you'll have a break. And she would just hear that click, 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 click. And that meant that she was good for a little bit. And, you know, that tool watch served its purpose. It was a tool. So baby was born you know, 10 fingers, 10 toes, two heartbeats. We were good. And so anyway, of course, in the delusion of being a new dad, I was like, you know, he's, he's down. Mom's getting some sleep. I'll start finishing up this watch. Big mistake. And so I had <laughs> newsflash new dads. If you ever go into tinkering, don't do it in the first six months of, of baby being born. You do not have the mindset. I'm telling you right now. So I decided to get out my tools. And one of the things I wanted to do is I was learning about waterproofing, like what makes a watch waterproof. And I was reading about Rolex and the trip lock crown system. And so I had gotten an aftermarket uh, Rolex uh, crown, uh, crown and tube. And I was going to retap the case, um, cutting new threads into the 316L case that I got. And also reseat the crystal because, oh, by the way, if you ever get an homage case, Pop that crystal off and make sure there's a gasket because a lot of these Asian built ones, there's no gasket. It's waterproof is a joke. Friction fit them in there. <laughs> yeah, it's a joke. So I was learning about waterproofing and I was like, okay, I'm going to retap this this case. So I got a tap and started cutting it. And there was this one point where I could feel the threads and it was perfect. I could put my tube in. Everything was great, dude. And then that lizard brain 
kicks in where you're just like, you know, you could put maybe one more thread in there and it'd be even better. <laughs> and of course, like as a delusional new dad, I'm like, sure. So what do I do? I set my tap up again and I take it just that one, that one quarter twist because I thought in my brain it would be just that much better. And literally the tap, which is a carbon hardened, like this is a hard, think of it as a drill pit, but uh, drill bit, but harder. And yeah, like high speed steel, right? Yeah, yeah. I sheared it into the case and it, oh, it fused into the hole because I, I'm cutting threads. What else is it going to do? And there, that case sits at the bottom of my parts bin um, because to this day, to this day, because I can't, I can't get it out unless I drill the entire case out. But the reason why I share that part of the story is, is that like after that, I was decimated. Here is, here is the watch that I had originally built. In my mind, I thought it was, even though it was rough, I thought it was perfect, right? It, it was, I timed my son's contractions, like whole nine yards. And I didn't touch watch modding or watches for probably another six months after that because I was devastated. Right, that'll lock you up. Yeah, and I, I finally came to my realization, like, you know, I didn't wreck the watch. Um, I still have the memories. Like, I was, I, was, I was torn the fact that the memories that I had was tied to that piece of metal, and it's not. I have the memories. And I kind of, you know, Marie Kondoed it, thanked it for its service, and, like, realized, like, it kind of led me to, like, hey, let me... Let me do this again. Now that I've learned things and I've gotten better tools, now let's start really doing something. And so that led me to the second prototype um, where I got a new old stock case for um, um, the watch. And come to find out casing diameters are important uh, when you pick movements. Not all movements fit in every case. Even if um, on eBay they say that it fits into 28-24, they lie. <laughs> and... So I got I got a new old stock uh, skin divers case and a twenty eight twenty four will not fit in it. Well, it will if it didn't have the automatic rotor on the bottom because it was meant for a hand wind movement. Didn't know that N new lesson learned. So third iteration and that's the iteration that currently uh, is in my watch box and that's um, I got a another Asian built case but well built. It's um, kind of a Seamaster inspired watch uh, watch case with the twisted lugs. It's um, about 41 and a half millimeters in diameter, black kind of Seamaster bezel. And that was the case. It, it, it actually does have gasketing, I should know. And, um, you know, I think, I, I think I've rated it at about 100 meters of water resistance, which is fine. It's good for bath time. It's good for dad life. And I got a dial out of Germany. Um, and I got hands out of uh, Austin, Texas. There was a, a, a watchmaker down there that had the handset that I was looking for. And I got another SW200 movement, bane of my existence. And <laughs> I got it in, got everything encased. And this is the part where everybody goes, oh. So I got the crown, I got the tube, I got everything lined up and I slide it in and that crown and stem slides completely right out. Oh because I learned about this thing called the keyless. And that's the thing that allows for the, the castle and crown gears to engage so that you can set time, so you can wind it, that whole thing. And I'm just devastated again. I'm like, how, how is it I got this far and I, I've blown it again? So I go up to any, the, the only place that I knew that I could at least get answers and instead I got support. And that's how I met some of these people that, are on, that I brought onto the show, um, like EA8 and Terry you know, um, buying on time and, you know, all these guys jumped in and just like, dude, just hang in there. Like it's happened to all of us. The keyless is the bane of all our, all of our existence, you know, and the SW 200s, especially the worst, you know, just pull it apart, you know, reset it, 
put the dial back on and you'll get it. And you know, that's what I ended up having to do several times. Um, and even to this day, it's a little bit, sl- it's a little bit slick. Sometimes it'll disengage, but I can just kind of wiggle it just right. Cause I know every bit of that watch inside and out. <laughs> and that's, that's the story of that. That that's the, the mod and build that I'm the most proud of, even though it's not perfect. Kind of like the first one wasn't perfect, but it's, it was my gateway drug because at the end of the day, like it all adds to the story of that one watch. If it wasn't for that first homage that I blew up and then the second one that well doesn't fit i wouldn't have the third one that i'm so proud of so. now did you wind up actually getting into the movement taking yeah. off yeah. movement parts i mean yep. that is that's next level yeah. right you, yeah you, you know i think when when most people think about modding uh and myself included we think about you know perhaps a, a bezel or or a bezel insert mm-hmm. um you, you know we think about um, maybe if we're feeling, uh, maybe if we're feeling ambitious hands mm-hmm. or, or dial, um, but, but doing, uh, you, you know, and, and I think sort of the pinnacle of the average modder would be to, you, you know, Eric was Eric of EA8 was talking on your segment about, he swaps out all the seven S two sixes for, for NH36. The NH36. Yeah. Um, and I think that's such a, I think that's, you know, the 4R movement, mm-hmm. you, you know, which is essentially 7S with hacking and hand winding. But I think that's sort of the pinnacle of modding for most folks, you know, uh, stuff beyond that, I think, by and large, is is next level. Yeah. Um, you, you go beyond watch modding to um, watch making, well, I think, at that point. I, I, I always say on our show, I'm not a watchmaker, nor do I play one on podcast. Um, but I tinker like that. The thing is, is I wanted, I, I'm one of those guys where it's like, once I get something in my head, I've, even though I might sink several hundred bucks in it. And I, in the case of the first prototype, I totally sank a couple hundred bucks in that thing. And, right. but I, I gotta see it through. Like if I start, I got, I gotta get to the end. And how, how many of your hobbies have started with a desire not to spend money on something and ended with you spending five or six times that amount of money. All of them, <laughs> uh, right? All of motorcycling. Them. You, you know, I mean, it's we, we talk. We talk about this. Andrew and I talk about this quite a bit. You, you know, we don't talk about it on the show all that often, although we have. But you, you, you know, for for me, and I know the same is for you. Uh, and and Eric talked about this too. Like the reason. The, that all of us got into leatherworking was because we wanted we didn't want to spend a hundred yep. bucks on some item when it, it's really just it, it's really just a, a fairly easy to obtain textile that's been glued and sewn together. Well, I, I can I do can that. do that. Mm-hmm. I can put a hundred stitches into two pieces of leather, um, and, and the rest of it's just sort of practice and and being careful and. And and the reality is, you know, I've, I I know you and I have sort of have sort of exchanged wa- wallet pictures. Yeah. You know, we're making wallets, and um, we've exchanged strap pictures, mm-hmm. and uh, I can do this. And, and and the reality is, we can do it. Yeah. Uh, you you've got to do it, uh, which sometimes is more effort than some people are willing to put in. But if you have the effort, you can do it. But the problem is. The goal, the sort of internal mental struggle is is almost never achieved, which is which is to save money. Yeah. You, you know, f- tying flies. I, I've I've tied my own flies for for years and uh, and, and occasionally I'll, I'll buy a fly if, if I want a specific fly or something with, you, you know, two hooks or, or uh, 
uh, you, you know, maybe, maybe something with, with a tail on it. Um, I, I realize, you know, I, I don't want to get into it, but, but by and large, I will just tie, you know, if I need some elk caddis, I can make 10 of them for, for free in, in, you know, maybe an hour and, and that's 30 bucks. But what, what that doesn't include is the $700 worth of hackle <laughs> yeah. that I have in a toolbox in my garage, you know? <laughs> yeah, no. It's totally true. But like at the end of it, yeah, you may have spent $700 on that damn fly. But at the end of the day, like you're still proud as hell that you made that fly. Like it's the same bit that I was saying earlier. Like there's something about when you see something and either somebody makes it for you and you know who and how it was made either for you or you spend the time and you do it. And for me, like me, I I get to blame my my pops, Um, my dad growing up. um, He's a master builder. Like I was not one of those kids that if you ever said, hey, dad, I'm bored, that, you know, that he'd say, you know, shoot, get away from me, kid, you bother me. My dad would be like, oh, you're bored? Cool. Go grab a hammer. Go get um, some some wood out of the barn. We're going to be building. And then whatever he had in his brain. So I dare not say the B word of being bored. Um, and even if I wasn't. Son, today we're making uh, antique hut. Seriously. No, it, more, it was more like actually we're going to be building because you did large construction. So it's like we're building a balcony this weekend. Uh, you know, but. And it's cantilevered. And, Good luck. Actually, that's exactly what it was. It was cantilevered. Um, but no, like here's the thing is like growing up, what I didn't realize at the time because I thought it was lame. My dad's making me work, right? Um, my dad basically forced me anything in my life. If you look at it, do you like it? Built it. That was, yeah. that was it. If you can see it, some other person had to do it, had to make it. So ask yourself, how was it made and how can you do it? And that led me to mo- much of what I do in my life. Like if I see something, you know, I can do it. I just, I, I can do that. Yeah. It may not look, I can do that. It may not look the greatest <laughs> for the first stab, or you may drive a tap right through that 316L's case, but you learned a little bit more that you didn't know at the beginning. Um, so anyway, like that's, and, and it makes you, and, and it makes you round, right? Yeah. And I, and I don't, and I don't mean round around the belly. I, I mean, dude, dad bod, dad bod, dude, dad bod. Right. <laughs> uh, and cause it maybe does contribute to that, but, uh, it, it, it creates, uh, uh, you, you know, this, this sort of, uh, ability, you, you know, people call you know, oh, you're a jack of all trades or you're a renaissance man or, yeah. or whatever. Well, I don't think those things are true. No. Uh, you, you know, and I don't, I don't think it's pejorative and I think it's meant as a compliment, but I really just think th- this desire, this sort of learn, l- learning, um, this, this, uh, what skill set acquisition syndrome, I think <laughs> is sort of what I might call it. I like that. It, it it does not it does not make me better at things that are practical in my life, but having the skills generally makes me better able to tackle problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, gives me the ability to you, you know, and and I think the biggest the biggest thing is it makes me not scared of anything. Yeah, I'm not I'm not scared of getting into a project, and and certainly sometimes I, I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but by and large, it's like, well, I already know the worst thing that can happen. The worst thing that can happen is I fuck it up and I have to get someone to fix it. Right. And that's okay. I, I mean, having that ability to, to know that that's okay. You, you know, I, I, lots of people have fixed their dryers. And in fact, all of our dads fixed their dryers, mm-hmm. all of them, because you fixed a dryer. You didn't replace a dryer. You fixed a dryer. Mm-hmm. And so a, a couple of years ago, our dryer broke and I had to get screwdrivers and 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 little wrenches and take it apart and figure out what was wrong with it 
And, and you know, we're better equipped now than our dads were mm-hmm. because we have YouTube, fucking Google, <laughs> yeah. and YouTube. That's right. I, I mean, they didn't. My dad didn't have that, and he always fixed the washer, and, and he did it. You know, he figured it out. I don't know how the fuck he did it, but he always did it. And, and so this, I had this fear at first. You, you know, like, gosh, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, what? What could go wrong? That what? What is the risk in trying? Because I yeah. got right now. I got a broken dryer, AJ, and <laughs> if I don't if I don't do anything, it's going to continue to be broken until I spend a thousand bucks to get a new dryer. And and so I fixed my dryer, uh, you, you know, and it's an older dryer; it doesn't have a computer or anything. And, and, nice. and so it was all mechanical, but it was such that it was just this proud moment, you know. And I think the reason I was proud is not because I had done something, because I do things all the time. Mm-hmm. It was because I had done something that my dad had done that amazed me as a child. Mm-hmm. You, you know, watching my dad, you, you know, with his with his butt crack hanging out and, <laughs> you, you know, sweating and cursing. Oh, lots and, of cursing. Lots of cursing. Well, <laughs> you know, it was so impressive to me, you, you know, not because it was graceful uh, in, in any particular way, but just because it was this feat of, um, you, you know, man versus machine and, and him coming out on top every fucking time. Yep. And that was always, you know, this sense of, I always had this sense of sort of amazement that, yeah, you know, he's not good at it. I can tell he's not good at it because the amount of curse words. <laughs> but he did it anyway, you, you know. And so I had this, like, sense of pride, you know. Like, here, here's this thing that amazed me as a kid that I've done now. I mm. fixed the dryer. And, and and it was a complicated thing, and I did it, yeah. you, you know, so. Totally. No, it, I, yeah, I can totally, I totally empathize with that, man. Like, and uh, to answer your question, how did our dads do it before the internet? Because dads know everything. True story. <laughs> well, well, you know, and I think my kids think that about me. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and, and I know it's not true. And certainly my dad knew it wasn't true. Right. Um, but, but right, there is that, there is that thing. Dads have, dads have this ability to know the things that they're supposed to know and to accomplish the tasks that they're supposed to accomplish. And that is universal, right? Yep. No matter how, no matter how ridiculous or false it is, mm-hmm. no, totally. But it's 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 tangibly true. <laughs> it's tangibly true, and it's it's repeatedly true. But uh, but no, so like yeah, like that that that's kind of how I yeah. So getting back to your your question, like yeah, no, I I totally deep dived into the the movement, and at first you're right, I was totally petrified because I didn't know what this keyless thing was, and so I. And I was dumb. I did not consult uh, the Google as far as I should have. I just knew that, hey, everything is pretty much through the rotor. So I can just, you know, undo the rotor and go to this thing called a base plate. Cool. Not realizing that on the SW200, the keyless is on the dial side. So I disassembled, like, you know, I just just took every little screw out and organized it so I could go backwards. And I started getting farther and farther, and then I lose a click spring. I had to go order a replacement part because that's the benefit of mechanical watches. You can get replacement parts. Right. Long boat from Switzerland, just saying. And so I got a click spring and lost the second one because those things are small. Did I mention how small this stuff is? And so ordered like five more from Esslinger. Um, like, you know, you go through the process. And yes, I totally wrecked um, this project several times, but out of it, like, I can, I feel comfortable working on at least the SW200 so much so that I will not work on an SW200 ever again. Like it's not worth it to me, but what I will work on is Seiko. Um, 
out of it, like I, I have an, a whole new appreciation for just the watches that I kind of glom onto because, because I've kind of, I don't know, like I've been able to take apart the inside of like, um, I'm a geek. So everything is to me is like the heart of the TARDIS. Like I'm a Doctor Who fan. Okay. David Tennant for the win. Um, but like I've been inside the TARDIS, not just as the doctor, but actually seeing the heart of the TARDIS pulling apart the actual movement. And for me, like, I don't, are you allowed to say TARDIS on the radio? Is that TARDIS is totally FCC? cool. TARDIS okay, is an well. a- acronym, time and relative dimension in space. Duh. Um, <laughs> it just sounds like a dirty word to me. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you say it like in a dirty way, like TARDIS. Show me your TARDIS. Yeah. Like, no, no, none of that. Um, <laughs> the, but anyway, so like, I, I look at things and I go, you know, I can appreciate in-house movement. Um, I can appreciate a lot of things, but I don't have that pedestal look at certain watches. Like, Yeah, I, fuck that. <laughs> right? Fuck that. <laughs> hey, you, you know what? Look, uh, uh, so so if you want to buy a luxury car, yeah. right, you, you most people are going to are gonna think BMW, Mercedes, and, and, and you know, there's a few other brands that sort of come into the mind. But I'll tell you, I drive a 25-year-old Lexus. Awesome. And Lexus is made by Toyota. Which is also awesome. And it's Japanese to its very core. Mm -hmm. And I will get more miles out of that. I've already got more miles out of that Lexus. Mm -hmm. Not me personally. But but the, the vehicle has already gotten more miles than then, you know, most people get out of their S-Class, right? Yep. Because at 150,000 miles, S-Classes literally start falling apart. apart. Mm-hmm. They start falling apart. And, and, and you know, when I when I was buying that car, and I may have talked about this on the show a couple times, I looked at Mercedes, you know, and, and Mercedes is the, you, you know, say, you, you know, perhaps it's the Rolex. Of it's the creme the, de la creme. Yeah. Right. You, you, you know, it's this, it's this thing that everybody wants. You know, people rap about. <laughs> um, that you, you buy when you get your first job, your first real good job. I mean, it's the same fucking thing, right? Yeah. You you can buy you can buy old ones, and some of the old ones are are totally affordable and dime a dozen because there was a bunch of them, and some of them are incredibly rare and and without respect to their actual objective value are worth you, you know a million dollars. It's the same fucking thing, but they don't they don't do the job better than anything else. Mm-hmm. You, you know, Seiko is lexus right mm-hmm. they've been doing this they made a whole bunch more of them mm-hmm. they they did them they did them right from the very get-go and they just fucking work they work they work right and and when they stop working you can fix them yep. because there's a billion of them and the thing that broke wasn't that big of a deal and everybody knows how to fix it yeah no i yeah uh, uh, as we say on the show preach um <laughs> No, <laughs> the one the one UZ engine is the seven S two six movie. Absolutely, they're the same. I, I mean, the well, one UZ it, engine it's all a, yeah. a, a, one's bigger, a, a one's smaller. Marvel with engineering, right? <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, but they they're the same. No, it, you know, and and that's the thing that drives me a little bit bonkers is like I let's let's take the word in house movement, right? Seiko has in house movements. The seven S two six, the four R thirty six, like these are all made by Seiko. <laughs> like they're just Seiko designed. And yet they don't get the love and adoration of say like, um, you know, we got Basil going on and, you know, you know, Rolex and Tudor will inevitably have some, some new base caliber. Right. And gosh, I haven't been able to work cause I've just been following Basil so, so closely. <laughs> it's just taken up my every moment. I actually have, I, I know 
zero about what's happened at Basel besides <laughs> the fact that they released that that uh, Martin Sheen watch. Oh no! Well, also there's also the uh, what a lot of people on on the Dink are calling um, the the Tudor SKX. Have you seen that? Oh no, I haven't. There's the this is interesting, yeah. So though. Tudor announced their uh, I think they're calling it the PO one. Uh, don't quote me on that one. But basically, it's this proto this um, uh, unicorn status prototype that apparently only got a handful made and never really saw the light of day. And it's like one of the most frankened, uh, the PO. Oh yeah. It looks like a fucking SKS <laughs> right? with some weird, with some weird hooded lugs. Yeah. On. Well, those hooded, Maybe it's not hooded. No, it's not hooded. Those are actual, um, they're actually locks for the bezel. It's the actual patent. Uh, I guess pa- that was like Tudor's prototype for the patented lock, um, for the, the bezel. Um, but it's like a snowflake XKS. It is right. SKS. Right. And so, and a lot of people, like, if you read the, the Hodinkee post, a lot of guys were just like, SKX, question mark, Tudor SKX, like, and <laughs> funny because, like, it's true, like, a lot of us have done that same mod, the, what's called, commonly referred to as the flake mod for uh, the SKX. You get, you know, a, 7, a 7S26020 case, which is the the normal size SKX case. You go up to Dag uh, Dagads or... Um, you can source, uh, I think even Yoboki's even has a Tudor Snowflake-esque dial that you can source. Uh, Snowflake hands, you can get them from DW, uh, DLW or, DLW, right. yeah, like there's uh, a ton of guys that make those handsets. And, you know, you're, you can keep the 7S26 movement in there um, if you want. And you don't even have to really take like anything else off if you didn't want to. You put, it, you put a silver, a stainless 12 hour on the, like you yep. have on your SKX, yep. I think. Yep, exactly. And there you go. Like that's, it, it's funny. It, it's, it's funny. And yet at the same time, it's not funny because also that watch got a lot of like hate because a lot of people immediately had the same knee jerk reaction. Whereas like I can see kind of both sides like this was the this was the impetus to what Tudor was doing way back in the day. Um, well, well, let's I mean, let, let's say AJ that they're so I'm, I'm looking at this right yeah. now. I'm looking at this at a Hodinkee and I'll put this in the show notes, you guys. So if you want to take a look and you haven't seen it, um, you, you, you know, that that uh, bezel lock system. Fine. Whatever. Sure. I, I think it's probably overkill. Yeah. It, it's probably a lot of to do for a system that doesn't need it. Right. But this this thing is lovely <laughs> this thing is lovely the finishing on it is like grand seiko level i mean as far as i can tell i'm obviously don't have this in my hand yeah no but... and it's a beast like this thing i think comes clocks in at like 44 millimeters like it's a huge or something like that but regardless like if you look at it in the time frame to which tudor was originally designing it you know they were if you think about it they were trying to iterate based off of the seamaster days right like this has a crown at four o'clock as opposed to three they were trying to do uh, it's a it is a true tool watch because i think it was intended for either our navy or uh, some some navy somewhere you know they were trying to figure out you know a locking mechanism you know like and i kind of see that bezel lock system the same way that i look at a panerai honestly like that whole crown locking system on a panerai Look, if you're a dad, you, you all you need your watch to survive is bath time and pool time. That's it. You don't need 200 meters of water resistance, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, it's nice to ha- it's nice for for peace of mind, but I, right. I think you're right. Right. Yeah. No. Th- I mean, this thing is is obviously it, it also looks like a prototype too. So yeah. I don't know. You, you, I don't. I, I haven't read this article, and I'll read it. But this looks to me like it's a prototype. It was. So it was back in the day, plus, and that they just plus. they just kind of brought it forward. 
Um, well, I, I think it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's really cool. And I think you, you, if you got one, you know, for whatever the 15000 or whatever they're asking, sure. I don't see a price on here. Um, you, you, you would probably be happy. Oh, it's only four, four grand. Yeah. But I mean, uh, I mean, uh, only, only, <laughs> only, only, but like, so, so taking that, right. Like I see that. And the thing about modding that's super cool is, is like, if you like that aesthetic, you can turn to an SKX, um, case and you can make one similar, you know, you're paying homage to yeah. those design cues. Um, but what's cool is, is that you're doing it. Like you, you know what you're modding inside and out and it gives you there, that skill set There's something about that. Mm-hmm. As a, there, there's something about doing it yourself. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, I, again, like getting back to the pedestal remark that kind of went us down this huge rabbit hole, right? Is I don't look at a, at most watches as, you know, uh, an item that is to just be um, Instagrammable and in my watch box, like every one of my watches from the Frederic Constant to um, the the 031 that I have on my wrist that I rebuilt from sourcing original parts short of the movement. Like, I like what these watches represent for me and my life. Like, I can, I can right. fix them. I can repair them. I built a third of them, you know, like, and to me that makes, there's, there's, there's a value inherent to that that I couldn't just get by just, you know, I bought the the Frederic Constant because of what it meant for that moment in time. But all the other watches that I typically wear, which is my modded SKX 007 with a 12 hour and minute bezel. So it's got both markings on the bezel with a coin edge. Um, I've got my SKX 031, which um, is commonly referred to as a Seiko Submariner because it it's basically it's it's I wore it today in 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 honor of this recording actually because it's the closest 40 and 20 watch that I own it's 40 millimeters getting it getting it yep 40 millimeters and 22 inch or 22 mil lug sorry it's it's not 20 but it's the closest thing I had for today's recording no you know we're we're going to forgive you yeah. because 40 40 and 22 also respectable yeah, right. I mean less respectable AJ yeah so less respectable, but I'll, I'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah, I tried, you know, you know, uh, well, well, why don't, why don't we, I, I mean, I, I didn't mean to cut no, you off. Did, it, it, you, you've got a thought to finish. Oh yeah. No, I just think like, uh, so whether it's, whether it's that Seiko or this one, you know, like I look at the guts and I look at the aesthetic and I go, you know, I put it together and it serves my life the way I live my life and not some other advertisement, you know, that's just the way how I see a lot of my, my collecting. Sure. No, no, I, I think that's right. You, you know, the only, so I, I talk about modding a lot and I tell you, I've spent a lot of time reading about modding and thinking about modding. Dive into at it. At the end of the day, um, at, at the end of the day, I, I sort of am reluctant to change these watches that I like. You, you know, the one watch that I have modded, I've got, and I think you've seen this mm-hmm. watch, I've got an SNK 809 yeah. that, I, I'll tell you, when I got my SNK 809, I was like, this watch is cool, but it's so flat. <laughs> and I, 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 what I didn't like about it, I didn't like the bead blasted case. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that the bead blasted case works for some watches. For me, on the SNK, it just didn't work. It, it sort of cheapened a watch that didn't need to be cheap. And and I remember seeing at some point, you, you know, Seiko's got their SNDA yeah. line of chronographs. And if you haven't looked at these, they're pretty cool, mm-hmm. very simple chronographs, cheap. Um, but they one of the SNDAs is, the SNDAs by and large are, are blasted, but they had a version of the SNDA that was brushed. Hmm. And I thought, fuck, if you could get an SNK that was brushed, that would be a game changer. And then I thought to myself, well, this is a mod I can do. Mm-hmm. It's a $50 watch. Yep. 
I'm not going to hurt it. Yep. Um, and, and so, and so then I, I brushed the case. I, I just brushed the case. I was careful. I used an SOS pad mm-hmm. and I just brushed it. And, and when it was done, I was like, this thing is super cool, mm-hmm. super cool. And then I saw Hamilton, uh, I saw Hamilton khaki on, on Instagram one day and it was a brushed case, but it had a polished bezel. And I was like, that's pretty sharp. <laughs> I can I- do that. I can do that. And so I polished the bezel on this thing. And so that is, in my mind, a mod. But it feels like it's it's a free mod. So there's something different about it. But I'll tell you, this watch is one of my very favorite watches. And it's one of the only watches that anybody's ever called me out in public mm-hmm. and said, hey, is that a... Yeah. And someone saw it and they were like, is that a polished and brushed SNK. They knew what it was. They were like, that's an SNK and it's polished and brushed. It's just some dude yeah. at a bar. And I was like, yeah, it is. And I did it myself. And he was like, man, that is super cool. Right. And it just felt good. It was right. like, you know, and, and, you know, like, yeah, not only is it, it it's, it, it, it is. And I feel really good about it. I like it. I like to wear it. So, yeah, I, I get that. You you know, we're actually running a little long on the tooth here. And I think that's okay. We can go long and people can listen or not. <laughs> I, I I, I was hoping to, um, you, you know, before we get into other things, and and everybody I know is excited about other things, mostly just my wife probably. But <laughs> I, I, I was I was hoping so we could sort of run through some of yeah. these vendors, yep. um, you, you know, because there's a bunch of them. R- really, right now, I think is the best time. It is. If you wanted to mod an SKX, there has not been as good a time in the last, you know, five or six years for trying to do that, mm-hmm. it, you know, which is interesting because I think everybody's sort of predicting the decline of the SKX. I think you can get more SKX mods right now than ever before. You can. Um, so, you, you know, when I think of modding, when I think of modding, where to buy, the first name I think of is Yoboki's, right? Yes. Which Seiko Boy spelled backwards. Everybody knows this. Yeah. But Yoboki's is so old school. Um, but I'll tell you, I, I think, I, I know people still buy stuff from Yoboki's. I just did. I can, I cannot use this photo bucket. It, it is, I, I think, probably the least effective way to sell things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but, I know, I know. But it's funny because, like, so Harold, who's the the guy of, of Yoboki's, like, I've emailed him dozens Harold of times. King. Yeah. And I just I just have something on order from him because I've, I've got a project that I got commissioned to build. Um, and, I, 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 of course, I went to him for a handful of parts that I needed to get. And yeah, so Yoboki's is weird because it's not a traditional store. You go up to the photo bucket, you find the photo that he has up there, and then you email him. Hey, I want this. <laughs> well, well, or or you can be like, hey, uh, how much does this dial in hand run? Or, you know, specifically well, like... Right, because the prices by and large aren't on here. Sometimes they are, yeah. sometimes they're not. Well, it's typically like if you go in the forums, you'll find posts from him and then that you can kind of get gauge about how much it's going to be. But like if you're going to reach out to Yoboki's, the one thing I would say is like, um, specifically the photo that you send send him, what specifically are you looking to purchase? Because like sometimes there's dial and hands, there's dial hands and a chapter ring. Like what specific parts are you looking for um, when you send that email? And then he hits you back what the price is. And then at the bottom of his email is the PayPal. You PayPal him the amount that he tells you and it gets shipped in the mail. It's, that, it's, it's, it's no differently than a store. It's just not a traditional storefront. Um, right. but no, all of his parts are, are killer. Um, I'm looking forward to the dial and hands that I just got off of them. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, beyond that, like 
for me, like you were, you kind of made a good point. Like, let's say, let's say somebody wanted to get into modding, but they didn't want to totally screw up uh, a watch that they have. Like, let's say they wanted to learn. Um, and you're right. Like they're not minting SKX, the, the 0020 case anymore. Well, that's where Crystal Times comes in in my book. Um, I just ordered one of their cases where it's their... Oh, that's it, that's a new thing. Yeah. That's, this is like in the last month, Crystal yep. Times has introduced this case. Yep. I have been, I've been following them because they have two cases that they're working on. One that they've already released, which is a, I think, millimeter to millimeter replica, basically, of the 0020 case. But to me, this is like Mark II version. Um, like, literally, they were just like, what if... People wanted it with drill lugs. Cool. They got the drill lugged version. If you don't want the drill lugged version, they've got it. And it's spec for spec. And anecdotally, like, you know, we've always known like Seiko overbuilds their cases. 200 meters is the standard SKX. I think on their site, they say like anecdotally, if equipped properly, it can surpass 300. Like, so if you are really bonkers about waterproofing, you know, if you crystal it out and gasket it out, right, like you can really make a burly burly ass case and and make a, a killer watch so I, I just ordered one of those because it's going to be the base of of this watch i'm building have you seen one yet not well uh, i've seen it on i think terry has one um yeah I, i've, I've seen, seen it in it pictures on his instagram yeah yeah i ordered mine so it should be here in a, in a week or two and um well because they're not they're not they're not inexpensive i i mean the you know you know the the case i think can be as much you know if, yeah. if you get it with drilled lugs w- with a bezel fitted and drilled lugs mm-hmm um it, it it's 100 bucks 114 bucks yeah. 115 bucks which is which if you're doing the math is like two-thirds of the price of a of an skx totally but again like it's also mark ii right because if you get the drilled lugs there is no skx stock that is drilled lugs so if that's no, something if that's, that's a good point. if that's something that you want and let's say you did have uh, an skx you're gonna have to find somebody who can drill it out for you and you're gonna pay the cost of that anyway so you know, if again, if, if you're coming at, from it at the perspective of making a watch that is unique to you, like I would totally start there. And because, like you just said, it has never been easier to get and source parts, quality parts, um, than now. So, like, I would start with like that kind of case. And it also comes with a sterile case back, which I'm a huge fan of because yeah. on both the PNW001 and on both my SKXs that I've built, I have sterile case backs and I have it. And you've, you've etched those, right? Yep. I've etched them. I've got a local guy, um, Bay engravers here in Bellingham that I've worked with. And I created a vector illustration of basically the compass rows of the Pacific Northwest. So it's got the North, Southeast, West, but on the Cardinal, uh, North, East, Northwest, South, East, Southwest is, um, elements of the Pacific Northwest, like the great wave for our oceans, um, the lighthouse, um, like I just, I incorporated a lot of the Pacific Northwest on that design because it was originally for my son's watch. Um, Pacific Northwest. Yep. <laughs> From the Northwest of the Northwest. But well, so, so we've talked about, uh, so we, we've talked about, uh, crystal times yeah. and, and I think Yubokis. that's a good drop. Yep. Uh, we've talked about Yubokis, yep. uh, you, you know, the other sort of real, like old school godfather of the modern world that I think about is Dagas. Yep. Um, and, and he's gone back and forth. Also, a terrible website. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say slightly better than than Yoboki's system because he's actually got storefront e-commerce mm-hmm. set up as storefront. Um, you, you, you know, I, I I think of Dagaz and 
and Yoboki's as having very sort of similar stuff. You, you, you know, they've got the aluminum inserts, very high quality stuff. Mm-hmm. Dagaz has has done, I think, probably more modding, right, than than Yoboki's does. And, and what I mean by that is he actually sells finished watches. You know, the Dagaz Thunderbolt yeah. was came out a few years ago, and it's fucking killer. Um, you, you, you know, so, but these guys, right, these are these old school guys. And, and then, uh, you, you know, in the last few years, I think a number of folks have come out and said, we can do what you're doing. Not only can we do what you're doing, we can do really cool shit. And I, the first one I saw, well, well, one more old school guy and I won't talk about him cause everybody knows, but, but Murph, Murphy manufacturing, yeah. right? My, my, my SKX. So yeah, Murphy has a, the coolest product that I think he's got is the new, um, 7s26 and nh36 uh movement holder um like immediately when he made it i i i i I said i don't care how much it is let me know when it comes out because i need this thing what's cool about this movement holder is that you can set the 7s26 or the 4r or anything like that into this movement holder it's round and it'll it'll fit it exactly um and it'll fit it with the either black or gray spacer ring that Seiko comes uh, around the, the movement. Or if you like pinch it down, it'll hold it without the, the movement ring. Right. And you can flip right. it dial side. You can flip it uh, rotor side. It is such a super handy tool to use. I've got this up on my computer right now. Uh, you, you, you know, these are beautiful and they're hand machines yes. so they cost a fortune right no all of 31 dollars <laughs> no like yeah that's the thing like crazy, literally crazy man this take guy my money <laughs> in a, with a with equipment and he's an expert in what he does <laughs> and and i mean you can get it's all super affordable yeah. so you, you know between i, I think that those sort of brands crystal times dagaz yabogis and murphy have been the most reliable yeah. you know there have been other people that made bezels but they come and go you, you know yeah um you, you you know obviously there's the uh oh who makes all the great straps uh or bracelets uh, oh uh are you talking about um uh uncle seiko no well uncle seiko obviously makes fantastic no i'm, I'm thinking of they make them in china but they're great they make like the uh angus jubilee and uh oh man it'll come <laughs> let's move on uh okay. but but everybody who's listening is going to be yelling at their radio <laughs> right now like good idiot <laughs> Uh, stra- uh, strap time strap. No, fuck man. <laughs> Sorry. On. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Murphy. But, but you know, DLW comes yeah, out DLW. a few years ago. Yep. DLW comes out, and it's like, uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. No. D- this is freaking cool. Yeah. They make. I, I think so. DLW. What got to start really just making ceramic bezel inserts, and and, and their sub style inserts, which I don't love. Uh, but but then they added sort of the insert with the SKX text mm-hmm. that's flat. A ceramic SKX font insert to match your original plug and play, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know. And I thought, well, this these guys are sort of really onto something. And, and since then, they've introduced dials, yeah. and they have a big chapter rings, double dome chapter rings. They they've started making twelve hour uh, brushed steel. They've got a gunmetal, uh, a sort of gunmetal. Uh, engraved mm-hmm. stainless 12 hour bezel uh that if you haven't seen it it's freaking incredible yeah they also have a stealth um, one that's the the bezel that i uh, sourced for chris for his mod fantastic right mm-hmm. you've got loomed ceramic bezel inserts lcbi C- yep. i just uh reached out to them for this project as well 
making just you know w- just wonderful products right yeah. and, and most of these companies are making um most of these companies are not just making skx parts right they're making parts for the SNZHs. Couple, um, yeah some of them are doing also for orient like the the mako and ray um and- and the SNZF, well, uh, and finding an Orient or May insert or Orient or Ray insert is cool because they're not they're not round, right? Yeah. So it requires extra work. Yeah, you have to usually have to swap out the the bezel so that you can put in a, a clean bezel or a bezel insert. But yeah, no, like yeah, the other one I would throw out also is one second closer. Um, right, I've got them up here. I, I know you've talked about them in the past. Yeah. Uh, so I pulled them up as well. Yeah, I, I believe they're based out of. Poland, if I recall, um, killer bezels. Uh, the, he moved into making hands. Like if you want a really cool seconds hand that's unique and got a pop of color, totally take a look at those. Um, he also has stuff for Vostok. So like if you've got you know uh, if something that you want to trick out for like a new bezel or bezel insert, he's got parts for that as well. Um, oh, look at these Final Fantasy hands. Dude. Yeah, right. Uh- on one second closer. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, those are sick. Yeah, no, he yeah, he he has some pretty cool designs that he does. But yeah, so th- those are kind of the 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 roundup that I usually kind of immediately hit. And what's you, you know the the other one, the other one that that I'd throw into this group is Namoki Mods, which I I think that they're basically a brand new company hmm. and and I'm not sure that they're doing anything that's sort of out of this world, but uh they they they're right in there, right? They've got loom ceramic, they've got great aluminum bezels. So that that's the other one that I'd throw in. There. Oh cool. Yeah, I, I don't think I know them. It's N A M O K I and and you know as with everything you guys will throw we'll throw uh, a link in the show notes. Drink. Uh <laughs> That's a joke on our shows. We think it's show notes. Drink. Drink. <laughs> Uh, that that's right, and I and I will. So <laughs> you, you know, uh, I think I think at this point maybe we could wrap up. Uh, you you got anything else about any of these companies or just modding in general you want to throw in there, AJ? Uh, the only other thing I would throw in because we we mentioned the 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 movement holder for uh, from from Murphy is if you are gonna mm-hmm. do like like two things really like one if you're gonna do the movement like get in your mind like hey if I mess this up you can go buy another one for forty dollars like. You can find them on eBay. You can find them, you know, uh, some of these vendors even have, I think Crystal Time sells them for like 50 bucks. Like you can learn. And, but when you learn, get good um, tools, like the, the the holder for the movement from Murphy. Spend, this is going to sound weird, but send, spend a, a little extra money. Don't get just the the watch repair kit on Fleabay for $12.99 go to somewhere like i mean get that too well yeah but. yeah i get that too but like <laughs> you know i i made the mistake of buying cheap tools to get started um yeah go to it's a mistake go to somewhere like essingler uh and i, I don't know how to, if that's actually how you how you say pronounce their name essing esslinger esslinger that's how i would say it yeah i don't know where the enunciation is um esslinger esslinger um and buy like actual swiss made like tweezers that are anti-magnetic keep thing anti-magnetic tweezers it'll save you save you a lot of tearing your hair out um i think dude my skx has been magnetized for like six months right but if you're gonna work on parts <laughs> the worst thing is like you yeah. reach for a screw and it just like clicks to your your screwdriver and then boing, boing, it goes everywhere <laughs> um get 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 some quality tools because that'll help uh the mod and that could save you like we were just saying earlier like it could save you a, t- a ton of money um from screwing up because you went into it half cocked with bad tools and, and so much heartache yeah and so much heartache. exactly well well all right all right 
So this, so this is the segment of the show that everybody will know and love, where we talk about other things that we're, <laughs> we're that's other things that we're interested in, you know, things we're watching, things we're reading, uh, things that caught our eye. Uh, AJ, so you're, you're this is your first time hosting Forty and Twenty. Uh, ho- hopefully not your last, but but do you have any any other things that are that have come up for you in the last week or so? Let's see. Um, well, as long as we don't talk about fly fishing, we'll be good. Um, <laughs> so are you? You're not anti fly. No, fishing, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, so I was listening to last episode and stuff, and I was like, I, I, you guys know much more about fly fishing than I do. Like, I, I have my fly fishing pole from when I was a kid. Like, I think it's a Shakespeare. You know, it's not anything fancy. <laughs> and when you guys were talking about like double handing whipping and all this other jazz and i'm just like wow this is this is like two broke fly snobs i have no idea what they're talking about but it made me like <laughs> consult the internet of, of trying to understand what you guys were talking about it was cool i just like i have no idea what you guys are doing like <laughs> i like fishing well, maybe you learned something i did maybe you learned something i did you know, I, I i think it's fun for us to be able to sort of get out you know we actually have people to sort of bug us they're like you know, one of the things you say about the show in in the in the literature somewhere is that you talk about EDC. Well, you guys are fucking liars because you never talk about it. <laughs> uh, you, you, you know, and, and hunting and fishing are, are things that people have sort of said. Hey, you guys should talk about this more. You, you know, r- realistically, we, we talk about this stuff in, in our real life all the time. Yeah. You know, Andrew and I will have you know three day text message sort of conversations about you, you know a, a stupid five weight. Uh, fly rod or, or whatever <laughs> you, you you know you, you know something that everybody has in their garage you, you know but um you, you, we, we're always a little reluctant to sort of go off that you know sometimes we talk about stuff and it's like that's so out there we're gonna we're gonna disenfranchise some people and, and you know certainly I, i'm sure you guys you and chris deal with your own yeah. sort of host of of complaints people complain about us for being sort of off task and they complain about noises and professionalism and whatever <laughs> you know, this this is it this is the way we're gonna do it and, and i know it's the way we're gonna do it because we've done it the exact same way since we started you know we don't move this is this is where we are so uh yeah yeah i hope we don't push anybody away with that no no i just it it, i find it fun um i just i just don't know and so i have to like i have to like pause you guys and it's like what are they talking about like (laughs) (laughs) what's a switch rod? yeah that's exactly what i had to google i'm like what the hell is a switch rod other than like some punk indie band name like (laughs) (laughs) it is a good band name switch rod rod, you know um but anyway no like um I don't know. Like, uh, let me think what, what is something that's like, I've been doing so much gig work lately. I just don't do to do. Well, well, I'll tell you, I, I've, I've got a thing. Okay. And, and while I'm talking about my thing, you can think about your cool. Thing. Thanks. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, um, everybody who knows me knows that I watch a lot of YouTube and, and I sort of, YouTube's nice because it's this algorithm based thing. Right. So, you, you know, you watch some things and then it says, Hey, Hey, you, you should watch this video. And and if it looks interesting, I'll click on it. And, and then, you, you know, it's this really sort of organic process um, in, in a way that, that Google and or, and or YouTube should be commended for, uh, although it's problematic in some ways, but uh, this, this fairly new uh, page popped up, for me recently he's got about 112 112 subscribers johnny builds j-o-n-n-y space b-u-i-l-d-s and he's this i would say probably amateur carpenter he's probably professional but he's uh only got a handful of videos at this point it, it, it's not all that many videos um but what he does is he builds table and and interior furniture 
um, and, and he he plays with resin a lot. So hmm. his his videos are are fun. He's not overly serious. You, you know, in, in fact, I would say sometimes he's a little cheesy. Some some of his jokes fall flat, <laughs> but he he makes a lot of these sort of counters or desks that he either builds like a yakisugi sugiban yakisugi method. You know, where you torch, um, where you torch the the surface and, and you stain. He just does really sort of fun kind of contemporary art you, you know he, he incorporates uh manufactured steel in some of his his stuff and a lot of his most recent builds have incorporated resins uh colored resins you, you, you know he's not stabilizing the wood per se but he's taking wood that has natural voids in it and filling it with pearlized colored resin and, and then finishing that you, you know he's just it's it's super inspiring it's one of the it's the type of video you watch where you're like a, I could do that, and B, I need to go to Harbor Freight right, <laughs> yeah, now. right now. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, super cool. Link in the show notes. Drink, drink. Uh, Johnny builds super, super fun. You, you know, his, his latest, uh, his latest video is the ultimate DIY dream desk and iMac stand. Oh, that's killer. Uh, and and it's just a fun video. The table, the the desk turns out super cool. Um, he made an epoxy cutting board a couple weeks ago. Super cool too. So, all right. Well, the thing that I've, I, because as you were doing that, I was like, man, what have I been watching lately? So I had to, I had to fire up um, uh, my web browser. And so, funny story. So this last year, my my wife and I decided to cut the cord. Um, not in the sense of like cutting cable. We already did that years ago. We cut the cord, and we're not doing Netflix anymore. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, stop! Don't do it. No, it's been great. Um, so no, the reason reason why I say that is, uh, bro, I got Netflix. If you need to come down, holler at me. You need to borrow a password. I got you. <laughs> wow, I did not think I was gonna get that type of response from you, but okay. Um, but no, uh, no. So we 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 pay for Amazon Prime annually because uh, having a kid, diapers, just saying, have it delivered to your door. It's yeah, wonderful. Yeah, you got to have it anyway. Yeah. yeah. So so anyway, I kind of decided to jump in the deep end and be like, hey, we're not going to do Netflix. We're just going to go through Amazon Prime. And out of it, like, yeah, it, it's not. I'm getting anxiety just hearing you talk about this. <laughs> okay, you're you're making me anxious. The, the first step to acknowledging that you have a problem <laughs> is to say that you have a problem. I have a problem. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I've I've kind of been kind of going down the rabbit hole, and no, like I wouldn't say Amazon is like toe to toe better uh, than than Netflix, but it's different. Um, mm. They've got like originals and stuff, uh, just like. Um, Netflix does and also you can pay a la carte like if you need HBO because Game of Thrones is coming up and stuff like you can yeah totally yeah so we do that yeah yeah so like there there is um a benefit if you're if you're if you're in need of like getting add-ons that you know like Netflix is just Netflix you can't just add on HBO you know what I'm saying um but there was this uh series and I gotta google it here because it's called it's a long title it's like this uh Oh, there it is. This the name of the entire series is called "This Giant Beast" that is called the Global Economy, uh, and it's got an actor by the name of Cal Penn, also known as Harold or Kumar. I can't remember which one of White Castle. <laughs> it's that actor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, it's a series. He's great. Yeah, he is super great. Um, and so anyway, the series. 
um, basically shows the economy, the global economy of like, for instance, episode two, I'm just going to say like, if you want to get started on this, uh, this series, start with episode two, which is called are rich people dicks or do dicks get rich, which I could never say on my show. So I'm totally going to capitalize right now and say it on yours. Say it again, man. Say it again. <laughs> episode two are rich people dicks or do dicks get rich? And fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> start with that episode and then you'll you'll start picking and choosing because you can watch them out of order but it's really interesting what he he brings to light with regards to money and money and culture and money and culture in the economy and it, he just does it in in a in a great way because he also has like guest stars like Galifianakis uh, pops in on it um, because they do these little segments like remember like in high school, it's just like uh, that you teach, you learn about the economy where it's just like, hello kids, this is a checkbook and you're going to be paying what's called the rent someday. He, they take that tact in certain segments to describe really big concepts um, so that you can understand things like compound interest or whatever um, in like uh, a snarky sense. So it, it's only like sure. eight episodes, but they're eight episodes totally worth watching. Well, and it's put together by Adam McKay, uh, who is the director of Anchorman, uh, yeah. Talladega Nights, uh, a whole bunch of just funny ass shitties, and I think a former SNL writer. So it's going to be they're great. There's going to be great tongue and cheek yeah. comedy, I assume. Well, you you know, I've seen this. I haven't checked it out, but but that's that's a good that's a good place for me to head. I think. Yeah, totally check it out. They're only like forty five minutes a piece. They're 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 great. Sick. Well. I think, I mean, we've done it, dude. We're, we've recorded 80 <laughs> minutes at this point worth of 40 and 20. Uh, you, you, you know, those of you who are uh, paying attention will know that, that in spite of, d- despite the fact that we've released two episodes in the last, in the last two weeks, uh, or, or the last three weeks at this point when you're hearing this, Andrew's out of town. Andrew's at JRTC, which is one of the worst places on earth. <laughs> Uh, I assume he's cold and wet and sleeping on the floor somewhere at this point. Um, you, you, you know, he'll be back. So he'll, he'll be back by the time I record the next episode. And uh, unfortunately, AJ won't be back next week, but we'll have him back at, at some point for sure. Uh, AJ, you've been awesome. Thanks, dude. Um, and, and thanks for thanks for filling in. Thanks for, for taking that torch. Uh, re- really appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, man. Love your guys' show. Thanks, dude. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20. Don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. See ya. Our music today is Bummin' on Tremolo by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.